Blog Talk Radio. to the tipping point wherever you are listening from i am sure it is hot as hell Oof. and so is our show tonight our special guest is going to be slim j um, but i'm stephen platinum and joined as always by larry goodman the venerable one how are you tonight larry feeling pretty venerable i must say at this point <laughs> how about yourself it's hot as hell Huh. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've yeah. heard it's worse in Georgia, and I mean, I'm, oh, man. You know, I'm, I'm never. Oh, oh, this this last Saturday of the uh, Why We Wrestle show, I mean, it, it, in yeah. Atlanta, it, I know it hit 98 degrees, um, and those poor guys, that, that particularly the ones that went on early Saturday night, they had to be suffering because it was not a, a you know it was not pleasant in the in, in the building, you know. Uh, the the air was they they had the fans running but there's only you know so much you can do when it's you know in the 90s and so forth so yeah yeah you know uh, the 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 common the common line of thinking goes wrestling in Georgia uh, does worse in the summer times there's promotions that don't even run in the summer there's promotions that closed for the summer that never reopened. Um, The summer seems to be a really difficult time, which is why it's weird, because there's a whole bunch of big things happening in the next month, month and a half. Um, Obviously, this weekend at PCW, Saturday is a huge show, Iron Man match between PCW champion Jeter, Ken Park, and our guest tonight, Slim J, you know, blindfold match, Brian Blaze and Trevor Aon. Um, You've got the haircut match where my beautiful hair will be on the line against Johnny Dangers. I guess we'll call it hair. And, uh, you know, that's a big card. And then July 4th outside the double ring war games. Um, that's going to be crazy. And then of course, scenic city, uh, first weekend in August, it's going to be a pretty great summer wrestling wise. Agreed. Agreed. And we'll see what, of course, uh, uh, peach state had their big show, uh, week before on uh, a week ago Saturday, and, it, and that was an excellent show and, and very well attended, almost 300. So I think they were, they should they should be both pleased with box office and show quality from that night, uh, definitely. And then Why We Wrestle has their big show coming up July 30, I believe that is, and AWE has their season finale July 17. So yeah, lot, lots of stuff coming up on the uh, wrestling calendar. And uh, while a bunch of groups <clears throat> are kind of gearing up for big shows and big moments, the WWE. Now, Larry, Larry often sends sort of like topics that we can talk about. 
And uh, I always look at those and think about them. And sometimes I respond. Um, I got to say, before we get into the rating stuff, last night's Raw. And I I mean, there's there's a million people who talk about Raw and that kind of thing. I got, it, it was atrocious. Just a bad show start to finish i think i like all the weaknesses were glaringly exposed now you can say oh they're saving themselves for the brand split they can't afford to do that and i just i can't think of one thing that i thought definitively worked on the entire show um start to finish where i just where i went i clearly see what they're doing and it's working only one person got what I would consider to be a pop, and that's John Cena. Everybody yeah. else, I mean, the response to the Shield stuff is tepid. Um, then they pull this, we're maybe going to add AJ Styles and Cena to the match, but then don't. I don't, all at the expense of guys taking losses that shouldn't be taking losses, and I, I don't. I don't get it. I, you know, in the new day who I, who I always root for the stuff with the Wyatts feels very forced and strange and people don't look comfortable doing any of it. And uh, maybe, I mean, obviously that's just my take as somebody watching it, but uh, what did you want to talk about in regards to the ratings and business and all that stuff of the WWE? Let me respond to what you just said before we talk about the business part, because I was watching yeah. parts of it closely and parts of it barely at all as the three hours wore on. Uh, the I felt the same way as you regarding the Wyatts and the New Day. I just don't think that works very well at all, and I don't get why they're really trying to do that. Um, uh, I, You know, we we have touched on that my, my ter- change of heart regarding Stephanie McMahon uh, and there's two segments recently that really sort of like got me going on that. One was a few weeks back when they had a backstage interview segment with Charlotte, where oh, she killed her dad, just, killed her dad. Yeah, I'm mm. like, what are you doing? Can, can you not take a back seat to one of your top stars? You have to have the last word and crucify the, your top stars verbally. And very few of them, I don't know if they have the even the license to come back on stuff like that, if they're supposed to just stand there and take it. But that, that's basically what happened. Charlotte just stood there and took it, and, and the and segment just ended. And then last night with her with Ambrose, now I, I understand the whole storyline is that she's the heel and, and she doesn't like Ambrose's style as champion. But can't there's got to be a better way of doing it, of showing her contempt for him than saying he's an embarrassment to the company or words to that yeah. effect as champion. Yeah. I mean, there's, can't you, can you not find a more subtle way to communicate that and which would be more effective than you have to beat us over the head by saying he's an embarrassment or, or, or something of that nature. So, yeah, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm becoming less a fan to say the least of, of, and, of her. and every heel Every heel has a completely justifiable position, and none of the faces do. <laughs> like Seth Rollins, when he goes, well, you know, when I cashed in, I did it to join the match. Dean Ambrose jumped me from behind. True. AJ Styles, um, I beat Cena. Shouldn't I just be one of the top contenders? True. and all the baby faces i'm there there really isn't uh i I just sort of described it this morning as uh 
It is a show without joy, except for the new day where it feels like it's, it's definitely slipped into the realm of forced fun where Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel spontaneous. It doesn't feel, you know, Biggie, like uh, he's improving on the mic a little bit, but uh, it all feels very forced. It feels very, and I mean, of course it's wrestling, it's performance. Um, There's going to be artifice in it, but like all the artifice is on full display and it's not fun to watch. It really isn't. And, and they're giving the internet fans what they want. And I think they're finding out that when you cater your product to a vocal minority, you kill yourself dead. It's, uh, you know, uh, if they weren't Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, people would say they were tired of it. But because it's them, internet fans are going to allow it and pretend that it hasn't worn out its welcome. Um, well, like that's just no, one example to me. I, and I, I thought it was, you know, it's well done and it's, they, those guys have good matches, but yeah, I don't, I don't know where it goes. Where's it going to go? Yeah, you know? yeah, Your guess is as good as mine on that. I, I, I do have to counter that as far as them catering to internet fans, they're certainly not catering with what they were doing with uh, Roman Reigns. Now they are catering by putting the belt on Ambrose. Yeah. Yeah, they're, but but not with what they're you know leaving uh, Reigns as a babyface, which definitely was not not working on TV, not working in selling merchandise, not working for house shows. Um, and that weird and, shooty and thing, that weird sh- that weird shooty thing that Rollins did. Again, I, I just listened to it and I went, I, I don't know. Everything feels like a light version of something else. So that's his like wimpy pipe bomb. And then Ambrose's wimpy Stone Cold and Stephanie McMahon's wimpy Vince McMahon. You know, like everything is feels, of course, you know, wrestling things have been done to death, but it seems like they've hit a pocket where everything is a lamer version of something that you're familiar with. Like New Day being a, a weak Degeneration X and mm-hmm. uh, the Wyatts, I mean, oh just pulling teeth and then you know the big surprises are demon kane i just wow oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man oh, i can't believe i couldn't believe they went there again uh in the in the in the ratings reflected and now they court they were up last week without the nba against them and coming off money in the bank but um this week just barely clearing three million viewers for each of the three hours Wow. Uh, and 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 again, the third hour, which we already know the pattern now is 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 the worst hour of the three. And so. you know, last week was an aberration, and uh, and it's it's weird that people were kind of grasping hope from that. Oh, see, the third hour did as well as the first, and they got a two four, a two four. Like that's a that's a Mardi Gras party. The first, the first Monday without any competition, they pull a two four after like hot shotting a title twice, and and you know giving us this giving us everything basically, and then they get a two four and people are really happy about it, and what did those people tune in and see for the most part a bad show this it really does sort of smack of Russoism, um, I, there's no performers that I go like that person's really going for it. But then, you know, they're handcuffed. The, uh, the commentary by Rollins in the main event 
is maybe the worst I've ever heard in the WWE. It, I that mean, him having to, and yeah, and and maybe that he's being fed those lines, but him repeating rep- again and again. Gosh, I guess I'm rooting for Dean Ambrose to win. Gosh, I'm rooting for Dean Ambrose to like. We got it, Sparky. Like, <laughs> put over something about your character. Put over anything. Yeah, I was, I was at, at one point in that show. I I kind of walked away from it, and I went, and it and it got me. Th- it was so bad, it got me thinking this way. If the WWE folded or sold to somebody. And I'm convinced that that is not off of the table. I, I'm always of the mind that there's somebody who will snatch them up. And, and if things go this way, that they would be inclined to sell. If that ever happened, I'm not so sure of the crater that would make it American pop culture. It's certainly not what it would have been 10 years ago. I just, I don't, any are any of these, I mean, they kept pointing that out about Dean Ambrose, like, I don't want him showing up at Good Morning America and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and again, I kind of went, I can't disagree with them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, who do they have that feels like a larger than life star? They've, they're, they've, again, it's this, you know, it's a cruiserweight tournament. There's nothing wrong with it, I guess. But I just think to myself, are we just giving up on the notion that these guys are superheroes? Because that was the mentality in the nineties, right? That these guys are booked as we're not a wrestling company, but they're going to be action heroes and larger than life. Larger than life was the phrase that you heard throughout the nineties. Yeah. And now it's, they're going out of their way. Like I said, I, I did a little mental exercise. So Larry, let play this game with me. Describe all of the male wrestling characters on WWE in one or two words. Like if you had to like throw out one or two words that seemed to like cast the widest net to catch most of them, how would you describe them? <sighs> Uh, cookie cutter. Here's yes. Here's here's my word. Are you ready? Yeah. Surly. Oh, geez. they're all fucking surly, right? Not angry, just surly, just kind of pissy. And 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 all the that's women. Nice. It's easier to do for all all the women. All the women are bitchy. All of them, except for Becky Lynch. They're all kind of just bitchy, mean-spirited. Like, there's no joy on that show. I think I think there's a reason NXT is sort of well-received. It's yeah. because there is – there's joy. There's happiness. There's heels. There are heels. But, but the heels feel, feel focused, you know, like, I'm coming for that title um, – I was surprised when I'm hearing names kicked around for, oh, you know, who's Brock Lesnar going to wrestle at SummerSlam? To me, there's only one answer. I'm shocked that there are any others where people are like, oh, maybe Kevin Owens. I don't want to see Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. Sorry. I think you'll see how ridiculous that is when those two guys stand next to each other, right? But I'll tell you what I would want to see is Samoa Joe, right? Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar is an exciting match. But they needed to get on that yesterday. 
<laughs> they need, uh, I guess they're waiting for the brand split. Um, Cause you figure a whole bunch of guys are going to get called up, but I'm just thinking, why are they well, waiting? It, it doesn't look like Joe's going to be one of those guys. I mean, mind boggling as that is, and I couldn't agree more. I was talking with a mm-hmm. good friend of ours about this and saying we're agreeing on the same thing that Joe, Joe and Lesnar would be the way, would be way to go. But I don't, you know, that doesn't look like where they're, where they're headed at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, Surly and Bitchy, these, these are not appealing characteristics that make you want to no. watch a show and invest in characters. And uh, NXT is the polar opposite. I mean, uh, they're pulling a two, and the story is ratings don't matter. The, uh, you know, the network shows are what they are. I'm just curious. They're in Tampa, Florida. Uh, this is something I talked about and wrote a little bit about this morning. They're in Tampa, Florida. They don't, they barely mention Dusty Rhodes. They don't talk about, like Kevin Sullivan is showing up at Ring of Honor, but he's not in Florida for WWE. Like, (laughs) it's such a topsy-turvy thing. Wouldn't you use Florida's wrestling history? Wouldn't you make allusions to that? Wouldn't you try to pull people to watch the network? You know, just anything um, as opposed to... Yeah, I'm sorry. If you listen to if you listen to Sullivan's Polk, uh, podcast, they are stealing his ideas and using some of his ideas because he's out booking them week after week, and he, he just throws stuff top of his head. And every time out, it's way better than anything WWE's doing. And then sometimes, yeah. lo and behold, whoa, it shows up on TV. How did that happen? You know. Uh, why don't we move on to some some more pleasant, uplifting kind yes. of things like like our guest. Oh please, uh, yes. I, I'm. I hope I'm gonna. I'm having the right number here. Oh boy, lack of professionalism. I apologize to our listeners. Hopefully, we're being joined by the gentleman I refer to as one of Georgia Wrestling's greatest natural resources, a top star in multiple promotions for years, one of the top trainers in the state. I could go on and on. Uh, Slim J, welcome to the tipping point. Hey guys, thank you for taking my call. <laughs> Absolutely. How you doing tonight? Guys, I'm I'm hanging in there. I've been listening to the show. Surly is definitely the right word. He hit the nail on the head. I was gonna use mid card or low level jobbers or dark match professionals because let's face it, Sheamus is a is an opening card guy on a uh, promotion run in Newport Ritchie by a guy who's been thrown out of the Federation probably ten years ago, guys. These guys are horrible. It's horrible. It's 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 terrible when the biggest wrestling match or the biggest event that a wrestler will be in is going to take place in a cage in about four months, guys. And when CM Punk is going to draw more in pay-per-views for an undercard of another company's battleground than he would if he was wrestling. I think it's dead, guys. It's it's two steps behind boxing, but we're going to try to do something on this show to help it today. Uh, with, um, you know, you brought up CM Punk having that fight. You know, there was all those rumors put out yeah, that, that he's had, you know, like 16 smoker fights, sort of like behind-the-scenes fights, and lost 15 of them. Do you yeah. think Punk is going to be any good at all? Does it matter? Does it really matter? He's going to make money. He's going to cross over. Nobody questioned Herschel Walker. And, guys, let, let, me, let me put it to you this way if we're going to talk about it, just because I like the business and I love what you guys are saying on the show, is that um, 
you know, he's about the ninth or tenth professional wrestler that's done this. Uh, Jindrak did it. Brock Lesnar has done it. Uh, th- there's been guys in mixed martial arts. Bam Bam Bigelow has fought in mixed martial arts many, many years ago. You look this stuff up. They were all involved. Al Snow was a trainer. Dan Severn was a pro wrestler before MMA. Ken Shamrock wrestled. There's guys, there's been a million of these people that have bounced back and forth. But CM Punk just doesn't fit the bill. He doesn't look like a killer. But he's going to fight a guy who virtually has no record. So neither does he. So if he wins... It's the best thing since sliced bread. If he loses, nobody expected him to win. How? What better does he have to do? You think that guy's going golfing? <laughs> I I think the uh, CM Punk, while while it's a great experiment, I don't I don't know at this stage in the game. Like everything you hear is that he doesn't have the goods, so they'll make their money on a fight, no doubt about sure. it. But Brock Lesnar lost his first fight. But it was clear that he had the goods and so went on to have a really stellar career. And uh, lost his first fight in the UFC. He did not lose his first mixed martial arts fight. He was undefeated coming into the UFC, fought in two other uh, organizations and was undefeated coming in. So, yeah, he was undefeated. Frank Mir caught him in an ankle lock, but he was undefeated coming in. But his first fight in the UFC, people don't realize, and you guys do, and I'm not preaching this to you. The sport is not the UFC. The sport is mixed martial arts. We don't call high school football NFL. I'm going to watch NFL. No, you're going to watch high school football. The sport is football. The sport is MMA. The UFC is one company that dominates the industry. Sure, sure, but like 99.9% of people couldn't tell you who those two guys are that Brock Lesnar fought outside of the UFC. For all intents and Not, purposes, what we're right. talking about is drawing money and who had a career that's considered viable. I don't think CM Punk can win for losing at this point. I think if he wins, um, people are going to yell tomato can. And if he loses, then they're just going to go see – he didn't have the good. He didn't have the background. To be fair to him, uh, all those other guys that you mentioned had a background, and he doesn't. I mean, he's doing a very brave and crazy thing, which is in his mid thirties jumping into something that, basically, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I can't say he has no business going into. I will say that it's wow, that's a tall man to be a professional prize fighter when you've never done anything to really support that aside from taking classes you know? and, well, guys, so, and, and I'm, I'm with you 100% but just to play devil's advocate neither did Herschel Walker and he was in his 50s you know so I mean it, it, it all depends on how you look at it the UFC can't lose the fans can't lose I mean could you imagine if Hulk Hogan in 1993 would have stepped into the cage and fought Ken Shamrock I mean do you know how many people would have bought that now obviously the landscape is different there's a hell of a lot more product out there but the bottom line is don't think that this isn't more sticking it to the WWE than it is any Anything mm-hmm. else with CM Punk because Agreed. there's no better way. Don't forget, Vince couldn't purchase the UFC. He's tried several times and couldn't do it. And it's take, And if he is successful and the two biggest draws on his card are ex-pro wrestlers, guys, that's a big chunk out of what's left of you know sports entertainment. Can I ask, who is this mystery run-in caller we have? Guys, listen, you will call me Mr. Joshua. Now, whom am I speaking with? Larry. Mr. Joshua, this is Larry Goodman. 
Okay, Larry, how are you? Larry, you know, I, I do know who this Slim J fella is, but I have to admit that in Googling him, I assumed he was a basketball player because everywhere he was wrestling, there was backboards and gymnasiums, middle school gyms in the background. So I'm not sure what kind of talent you're booking on this program or pro wrestler is booked as a great indie Georgia wrestler. I mean, isn't that like kind of being the smartest kid with Down syndrome or the tallest midget? I mean, what are we really talking about here? So we're going to have to put him off till next week. Well, not exactly. (laughs) Slim J. Guys, the reason he's called Slim J is because his legs. Have we seen his legs? I've seen Twizzlers with more definition. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has to wear jeans to the ring because people think the guy has – I mean, his legs have atrophy and he's never been in an accident. You know, I'm not buying the gimmick. He's not getting over. I just don't realize what, what, what it is you guys like about him. He he's he happens to be one of the best wrestlers in the state of Georgia at this point in time, and he has been for a number of years. So if you're not familiar That's with great. his work, I suggest you check it out. That's great. My uncle is the best wrestler in Idaho right now. But you know what, guys? Enough about these these dark match clowns. You know these guys that'll be fighting Doink at some house show at at Cedarside Middle School over in Hawkinsville, Georgia. What we really need to get back to and focus on this program. Is, is is the meat and potatoes of what is really out there, guys. And that is, of course, the sports entertainment landscape and how it gets back. And, and I think it might be an avenue where unless another heavy hitter gets involved in this, guys, I think we're seeing it spiral. It's going to get swallowed. It'll go away at one point. It will go away. Well, I don't, I don't think that's happening, but it would be an interesting discussion, Mr. Joshua. Maybe we could have you back on and have a, a, a more full-scale discussion on this topic, you know, because we do have well, our listen, guests waiting. When you, get, when you get a prepaid credit card, because I know right now your score is around a 460, you shoot it over to the PayPal. I'll come on the program. I'll set you a fee, and, and, and we'll get this thing rocking and rolling. I know if I go off the phone right now, the, the tens of dozens of people that are listening will be a little devastated. But listen, there is a lot of other guys out there. Abdullah the Butcher, I think is on a smoke break right now i could have him call in and he would still be better than slim j god bless okay uh, okay mr joshua thanks thanks for calling we'll we'll get back to you about that no brandy scotch baker reference (laughs) i'm a tad disappointed i'm a tad disappointed uh yeah it's Slim J, uh, for all of his jokes, Mr. Joshua's jokes, uh, Slim is one of those guys who he's got the big league goods. And I, I'm hoping that this is the year, which is which sounds crazy because he's been around quite a long time. But I feel like this is the year where he's really making the moves and really getting out there and getting well, seen. Um, well, let's ask him because – Absolutely. Uh, he's he's joining us What's now, up, Slim. Yeah. I apologize for that caller. We had no idea. We had no hey, idea. Hey, that's his opinion, man. I, I ain't got no problem with that at all. Obviously, he doesn't do his research and <laughs> seen where I've been in this business since 2000 as a kid. Now I'm 31 years old, and the places I've been, the people I've seen, he just obviously hasn't did his research. So I'm not mad at him, man. Well, thanks, uh, Slim. thanks for doing the show with us. Go ahead, Steve. 
Absolutely slim. Um, I, I was saying that this feels like it's your year. You've always been great, but this is the time where you're beginning to show it. Uh, I think Larry said it best. The fact that you're not at Scenic City is sort of a glaring omission on what is otherwise going to be a, like a phenomenal event. Um, it feels like a bunch of things are going to come your way. It was, I got to ask this. This is a, a weird question, but I always ask the weird question. How much of this in you is focus and how much of it is anger? Like, I mean, clearly you have not gotten your due. How much is anger fueling you in all of this? And I know that's a weird question, but I got, I got to think if I was you, I mean, I don't have, I didn't have nearly, I, I wasn't close to the in-ring competitor you were. <laughs> you are now, not even close. But if I was, I would be inclined to be really angry um, and wanting to get more. How much does anger fuel uh, you in what you're doing right now? Of course, anger is going to fuel me a lot, but to be honest with you, I, I don't think I was grown up as a human being at the point I was mm. at years ago when I had the opportunity that I should have grabbed it and took it then. Now I've got a lot more knowledge on me, and I've got a lot more anger, of course. I've got a lot more pain, but I've still got a lot more dedication than I've ever had. I'm at the gym four days a week, every single week. I don't have an off week. I go to wrestling every weekend where I can be somewhere. And to be honest with you, you say I'm getting out there. The reason I'm getting out there is because I'm I'm sacrificing and I'm spending a little bit of money. Where I can't afford it, it's going to hurt me in the long run, but if I don't make it, at least I can say I tried. And I'm going to continue this driven Slim J that you see until I can't walk in this business because I am a professional wrestler. I appreciate the kind words that you put on me, but that was an old guy I'm looking at. I'm looking at the future. I'm still young, 31 years old. I'm in my prime. Everybody that was somebody in this world did it at their prime in their 30s. I'm there now. It's my turn, my anger, my strive, my pain, my struggle, my overlooking me. It's over. It's done, man. Exactly like you said. It's my year. I ain't going to take what this guy just said before I got online to heart because I'm too driven to let that get to me, man. I'm going to make it regardless if he wants it or anybody else wants it. I'm going to get it. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm angry as hell, man. I just I hold a lot in and I bottle it up. <laughs> I love it. I, I gotta say, I love it. Slim, I got, I got one more question because I know Larry's gonna, Larry, who's watched you for over a decade, is gonna have questions. Here's mine. Um, you know, the the cliche questions are always like, who's your favorite opponent, and and all that kind of stuff. Here's here's my question. With this sort of, I mean, you're you're on a mission. Clearly, you are on a mission, and who who are two guys who you imagine that you like if you had a chance to impress any two people involved in wrestling who would you want to to impress who would you want to be able to meet and see you do your thing 
Well, I've always wanted to impress, number one, AJ Styles. Because when I walked into the business, mm. that was the man that I met in the business. When I walked into professional wrestling, the first thing I saw was AJ Styles. He was my trainer at the time, and I always wanted to make him proud. And to be honest with you, years ago, I'll tell you something funny. I was at the Halloween show in uh, Helen, Georgia, for NWA Anarchy. Jerry Palmer was on there. And AJ Styles, Abyss, and I were all doing a little autograph signing. And AJ looked at me and said, thanks, Lynn. You getting a chair? Take off your shirt. I pulled off my shirt and he said, "Oh no, I was back. I was wrong." I was like, oh, all right. So that just kind of fueled me even more to even suppress him. So that'd be number one. Number two would be the person I've always looked up to in wrestling, Rey Mysterio. Huh. Why Ray? Because he can work with anyone, and I believe that's the person I am too. Well, you certainly I've been, 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 been proving that over the last year. Yeah, in fact, it, it's 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 interesting that you bring up Ray Mysterio. Well, Ray Mysterio, you know the. The older he got, when when he put on, I mean, obviously this was a response to him being injured and things like that. When he put on muscle mass, it took away from his game. Whereas, like as you have gotten bigger, like your game has remained the same. And I think a lot of that is because of it's you know when people think of Slim J cursory, they 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 think like oh you know he hits a screwdriver off the rocks. Like they think of the high flying stuff. But that's not, to me, what makes Slim J special. Because there's a lot of guys who can do spots. But it's the it's the believability of, I don't think I've ever seen anybody close to Slim Size who I believed as a striker more. Where I totally bought it. You know, I was <laughs> just like, those hits. And, you know, you could say, oh, because he lays them in there. But but it's more than that. It's just, it's it's they look impressive they clearly you have mixed martial arts training because it just comes across there's there's just something you cannot fake about just the level of authenticity of the strikes that's just one example but everything is always done incredibly well when i when i got to see slim wrestle at pcw i mean all i watched i made the guys come over and watch the monitor and i went these things it's ring placement it's how he whips somebody in it's how he sells it's how he gets where he's supposed to go without telegraphing it those are the things and I mean a lot of that you probably refined when you were a trainer but man I mean it's just it's a complete rounded game um it very much in the vein of an AJ Styles so I think that the, those are two very apropos choices yeah and if I could uh, throw in a few more compliments I mean you, your match with Anthony Henry last Saturday night, well, I think, was a perfect example of where you're putting together aerial skills, striking, mat wrestling, and it's all done with precision. It all looks really good. I couldn't agree more that at the age of 31, you're like you're at the peak of your powers. It's it's it's, it's, it's kudos to you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 
I, I've just been working on it. I mean, I, I, exactly like I said, I don't take no days off. That fourth day, I said I'm at the gym four days, but I'm also at training that fifth day. So you just got to keep perfecting it, man. You never can be too good in this business. No one quits learning. Rick Flair never quit learning. When, when he walked off the stage crying like he did to pull that off at that age, it's just what motivates people like me, to be honest, to show that anyone can learn in this business. That's the reason, yes, I did do the mixed martial arts, but I love professional wrestling because I can continue to learn, and it's about working together, not being one and just being a big badass. No, nobody cares about that. What cares? What matters is working as a team and really showing your craft. Like you said, I do everything to the T because that's the way I believe the business has to be shown this day and age. Everybody talks about being the best wrestler, but they don't put in the time to actually do it. You can talk about it all day, but I don't go online and I'm not – a big Facebook poster about, oh, I'm at the gym, I'm over here training, doing something. <laughs> I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm Show busy don't busy tell, man. It. Show don't tell. I could not agree more. <laughs> Let's talk about training a little bit because I know you and uh, Azrael recently got the um, – the training school going again at Cornelia, and I know you went through a dry spell of not really having – much students or not much in the way of good students. Um, what kind of where are things at now? I know you. I know you got a good one in in, in Troy Hunt. Oh, of course, yes. That was my last graduate. But it, it's few and far, man. It's, it's hard to find that person that really is driven to live wrestling. It's cool to do it two hours a week or four hours a week when we're doing training two days a week. But who's really going to live it, eat it? sleep it, and go to the bathroom with it, you know? That's, that's what is the hard part about training is finding those people. So it's few and far. There's really no money to be made in teaching unless you've got some big name behind you, and obviously I don't yet. Uh, I just enjoy what, teaching. What, if anything, do you think separates your um, the way you train from – uh, other trainers. What what what's your kind of way of doing things? I don't consider myself like better at training or worse than anybody. I I just want to teach people the safest way and the most driven way to do it because I've been there to the WWE tryouts, the TNA tryouts, the Ring of Honor tryouts. I know what mm. they want to see. You know, once you go there they all kind of want to see the same thing with your footwork and deal. So I'm going, I'm going to teach you the way I was taught. And when I say that is AJ, when he used to drive us, man, everyone was throwing up besides him. Everybody, he's just running around laughing at you. Everybody taking breaks, throwing up, getting back in the ring. But that's how hard training was. And I intend to keep it like that. I'm not going to dull it down just so I keep students. So that's where mine may be a little different, is that I drive them really hard. 
does that uh, cost you students, or has that cost you students because that is your way? Oh, it'll cost time. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the way I the way I put it is because uh, I used to teach martial arts when I was in um, Colorado, and you know the owner like had all these great visions, and I go, you can either make great martial artists or you can make money, but you can't do both. I mean, that's just reality. You're either you're either going to teach it in such a way that only a few people are going to be dedicated enough to do it and really learn it and be great at it, or you're going to just do this like belt, you know, this belt mill is what we called it in martial arts, where it's like you keep the kids interested enough that they go for the next belt and they just stay there just so they could get the next belt and you don't push them very hard and you don't make it so they have a bad night and don't want to come back. And, it, and so, so it goes with wrestling, you know, so slim, here's my question. You got into wrestling really, really young. What's, yes, and you can take a little while to think about this. What's one way that that was an incredible advantage. And that what's one thing that you think that maybe you missed out on or lost out on because you got into wrestling so early. Because, I mean, you were in, like, well, very young. I mean, the reminiscent of guys like Chip Day, guys who were in and, like, as, as you know, like, like high schoolers, right? So. Yeah. Well, the big advantage for me is that it, it got me out of trouble. It made me grow up as a man. I grew up in this business. <clears throat> and I was, I was on a train, man. I was about to crash. And it was only two ways I could go. It was either in jail or dead. And I guarantee you that. And I found professional wrestling. And I found a way to get my anger out. And that saved my life. So that's the biggest positive thing there. And I, I got to learn from some of the greats that ever stepped foot in Georgia. I didn't know about the business. I had no clue what the independent scene was. So I had no clue that I was getting to be around this much talent this early on in my life. So that affected me a lot. But negative, man, the only negative thing is if I would have been a good kid (laughs) and stayed in school and stayed with baseball because everyone told me wherever I went that I was going to make it somewhere in baseball if I would stick with it, but I couldn't stay out of trouble. And I had to choose between professional wrestling training or baseball. And I was kind of bored with baseball at the time, and that really wouldn't keep me out of trouble, obviously. So I chose professional wrestling, and I I don't regret any sort of at all with professional wrestling, right? The ups, the downs, you know, nothing. That's in, that's interesting what you said about baseball. I mean, that makes two of George's best wrestlers who were baseball players. I mean, Jimmy Ray was a second baseman. Um, what position did you play? To be honest, I played everything besides first base. They liked me at catcher, shortstop, and second, mainly. Huh. Interesting. Well, I... I used to pitch in Little League. Me and this guy used to pitch and catch. We'd switch off when our arms would start hurting. (laughs) So, you know, you're pretty well um, 
I mean, maybe conquering is too strong of a word, but you're well on your way to conquering Georgia wrestling this year with all your success in multiple different promotions. Where do you want to go outside the state? Anywhere that will have me, to be honest, and anywhere that's a good, really good opportunity. I'm trying to get to good places. It's just the business is kind of swamped right now with great talent, and I'm not saying it in a bad way. There's so much good talent around it's easy to overlook people, but that's not going to happen anymore. So Mm. I'm looking myself for somewhere like Lucha Underground or some PWX right up North Carolina. Oh, I could definitely see you in PWX, no doubt about it. I'd like to get to Evolve anywhere, man that would get my name out there and help me make this my living, something that I haven't did yet in 16 years. I still when you look like a, when, job. <laughs> when you when you look at uh, a guy like Corey Hollis, who seems like he also is starting to get his due, um, and he did it through a tag team. If, if that was a way to go for you, like if you, like if you know, say ring of honor was like, we're more than willing, you know, find a partner and we'll, we'll put you on in tags for a while. Who would be, a, who would be somebody that you would team up with who you think either someone that you've already teamed up with someone that you've seen around the state or anybody really, um, who do you think would be a good tag team match for you? Uh that's a hard one because I'm on the edge with that one with Azrael because we just mesh and kind of create some very different offense. Or once he got better, me and Amazing Red. That's the one I'm calling. Oh, yeah. For. How about in uh... – Single Slim, who is it, who would you like to face that you 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 haven't faced yet? Oh, man, I'd like to face somebody like like Riddick. If you want to call out like a like a real match, him. I, I mean, I'm not going to go with Ray Mysterio Jr. because everybody's going to say that one. But realistic wise. I would love to see I would love to see Slim against Leo Rush, who's a guy who I think has done so much in such a small amount of time as far as just promoting himself and getting out there and he's got like style and flash. It seems like he's getting attention. Uh, In fact, that was a match I was interested in booking for PCW because I just it's one of those where I think when people see Slim. Not only holding his own against Leo Rush, but really with a more complete game. I think it's, but it's, but you know, Leo Rush is getting a lot of attention, which I think Slim absolutely deserves. That's when I think of Slim opponents for Slim, I think Leo Rush. And I mean, Saturday, he's wrestling against Jeter and Ken Park in an Ironman match. And <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Like, that's. <laughs> It's absolutely crazy, but, you know, when Slim makes it, it's going to be, he's going to have these sort of extreme matchups. 
you know, with guys of Jeter's size. And uh, I've seen Slim wrestle guys like Judas, and it's a it's a yeah. sight to behold. And uh, I mean, I'm I just can't wait to see that match. But yeah, Leo Rush is one I immediately thought of, Larry. Uh, Larry, do you have anybody you'd like to see Slim go up against? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'd personally, I mean, and this again, probably maybe one that's not going to happen. But Roderick Strong would be one I'd love to see. Oh uh, yeah, that would be good. Too. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, but. To be honest, I'll work with anybody, man. I I believe that's who you have to be as someone who can just evolve and work with everyone. Like you talked about me and Judas. That's the years of doing stuff like that is where I learned a real storytelling process of wrestling. Was just working with people the size of Amazing Red to the people size of Judas. People like Shadow Jackson, Nemesis. Yeah, Jay Fury. That way, you just you're different. You get to work with everyone, and you get to tell a different story every time you go out there, and just hook them in if you can. And it took years and years of that. I like the big man, so I'm pretty hyped about this weekend with Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um so here's here's gonna be my last question and I'm gonna switch gears. Um obviously Bill Barons is a guy who you know you've worked with, who obviously thinks the world of you. Um and I, I would imagine he's thrilled that you're gonna re- that you're really going for it and will and will help you as much as he can. What's what's okay. something about Bill Barons, because Bill Barons, um, while he's a verbose guy, um, he often kind of keeps things close to the vest. He doesn't he doesn't do a lot of like self congratulating and that kind of thing. What's something mm. about Bill that a lot of people might not know? Since you're obviously closer to Bill than most people are. Um, Bill's got a canning as an arm, man. Let him throw you a football. What? Are you kidding me? That's a great answer. <laughs> He'll blow your chest wow. out. Wow. <laughs> what a great answer. Holy crap. Larry, are you as stunned as I am? Bill Barry's I'm got a stunned. cannon for an arm. I'm stunned. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, if you would like to stand there while I throw you the ball, I, uh, I advise that you catch it. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't I, wait I, to I, see I, Bill again. Holy crap. I'm going to make him throw something. Not at me, uh, but certainly at somebody else. Yeah, so take him a football. I guarantee you. Wow. Oh, wow. Larry, a question for Slim yes. Jay. Yes. Just looking back on your career to this point, uh, Slim, uh, any particular – regrets that you'd want to touch on and any particular appreciations that you would want to touch on? Uh, I'd like to touch on, I got some regrets years back, of course, with the business. I burnt some bridges with a guy that used to run Ring of Honor and it probably hurt me a lot in this business. 
that's where you say I, it looks like I'm pushing again for another strive. I'm glad that you see it like that. I really am because I burnt those bridges years ago, and I, I hope that that's not going to hold me back from any way because I was a kid, and I was young, dumb, and just stupid. Man. But I want to give appreciation to people like Azrael, the AJ Styles, the Rick Michaels, Cooter Calhoun. A lot of people ain't going to know that name. Sarge, the people who helped me get to the places I am now. Dan Wilson, Andrew Thomas, Steve Martin, uh, Kevin Harden, and one that was real recent was just a year ago with Fred Yehi. I appreciate you, man, for pushing me, getting me back in the groove for this business because, yeah, I was on a slump and Fred got me back on that mountain. Kind of showed me to push it a little more. It was a lot of motivation through that series we had. Because once we did one thing, it was just like we clicked, man. And it just brought my drive back and made it 20 pounds stronger <laughs> to keep up, you know. So that's who the people that I want to say thanks to. Mm. Wow. You know, I... Well, uh, Slim, I, I mean, obviously you're a hell of a man. I, you know, when when you look at other like athletic endeavors like basketball and such, you know, the trend in the NBA is people are drafting guys right out of high school, and then there are teams that the teams that do better are teams that get guys who have kind of lived it and are known commodities and, and, and are hungry. Like it really, you know, when Larry said, I think he said it best, like height of your powers, not just in terms of physically and not just in terms of even ring intelligence. I just feel like, I mean, you started this interview saying, you know, you've grown up. It is so clear that you are ready for success. I mean, everybody eats shit in wrestling. If you do anything in wrestling, you eat a ton of shit, and it's yeah. horrible, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, I, I mean, it, like, one, you've already made wrestling better than how you found it. So you can be proud of that. But, I, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's like a when a, a relationship that breaks up, it's it's wrestling's loss if you don't get seen on a bigger platform. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to Saturday, but God, I'm looking forward even more to seeing Slim J at ring of honor or TNA or WWE. Uh, it's just, it's really exciting to think about because the guys in Georgia who have that big league thing are so few and far between, but you're clearly one of them. I mean, Larry, Larry what are your thoughts about Slim? Thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> you, I think you pretty well said it. I just uh, see nothing but good things for you, Slim, and not 
thanks so much for uh, giving some of your time to talk with us tonight. I just look forward Absolutely. to seeing what, what you're going to do next. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your support and, of course, all the fan support. I really appreciate it. Man. It means the world and this helps drive me. Thanks for having me, though. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, well, well I'll see you Saturday. and We're going to tear it up. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be fantastic. Whew. Uh, yeah. Take care. Well, y'all, y'all have a good night. Thank you. You sure. as well. I mean, without digging into it too much, Larry, I mean, some of the names that Slim J said as far as, you know, thanking people have to be a shock, right? Uh, I, I mean, and it just goes to show, I think, I think Slim is not just, I don't just think, I know that guy is ready. I mean, just, yeah. it's it's the right combination of, you know, fear, <laughs> humility, but also like confidence and almost a chip on the shoulder, man, that's exciting. One of the few guys who's actually more talented than he would say <laughs> in a business where people, I mean, <laughs> wrestling is hyperbole and he's the opposite, you know, he's just like, he's confident, but man, I mean, he really can do it all. That's, I mean, when, the, when that other, when Mr. Joshua was on the line, I mean, Larry, it was all I could do to not lose my shit. Cause it was like, it's, it's so, it's so, it was so wrong uh, that it, it didn't even belie a response, honestly, because it was just, it's ridiculous. It's clearly somebody who doesn't know Slim because he's great. Um, like him against Jeter, against Ken Park, on paper, I'll just be honest. And I mean, this is PCW. This is my shit. It's like on paper, that's a potential disaster, but I'm not worried in the least. <laughs> like instead I just go, what magic are they going to make happen? And, you know, that's a testament yeah. to Jeter and Ken Park too, but that's really about slim. Like he's clearly the glue that's going to hold that match together. And yeah, uh, no, I, I, he's just I that damn good. It, it could be. I mean, when you look at it on paper, you could say, "Man, this could be a real train wreck." But I agree uh, with 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 those guys involved, and particularly with with Slim involved. Uh, you know, it, it it could be magical. It could be it could be something, a real spectacle. So, where's Saturday the night, fit for uh, Slim? Where's the fit for Slim? Is it NXT, Ring of Honor, or TNA? Like, what's your oh, what's your gut? Ring. I would say I would say uh, Ring of Honor or NXT. Not not TNA. Not TNA. <laughs> I wouldn't trust TNA. Like that's no, you know, that's, no. that's 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 far less to do with Slim and far more to do with, you know. Because <sighs> like when he mentioned Amazing Red, that reminded me of like, oh my God, like um, yeah, Amazing Red. You know that would be great. But then it's like at TNA, they didn't know what to do with him. And yeah, NXT really. I'm really excited about the thought of Slim being at NXT. Just because there's really nothing that could be, this is the feeling I get from Slim, I guess, to sum it all up. There's nothing that could be thrown at that guy at this stage in his life as a wrestler and as a man that I think he can't handle. Yeah, that's, I would have loved that's to see the long and short it, of it. it I would love to see him mix it up in that cruiserweight classic. But, you know, that, you know, as he said, he just doesn't have the, the uh, notoriety 
uh, and to, to to get in something like that. It's, it's but maybe maybe we'll could have it in the future for him. I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm do, I'm going to do my best to book that Leo Rush Slim thing, just because you should, I, man. <laughs> you should. I mean, just you know, it's it's a great match, and I, I think there's groups that are missing out on not having Slim J on their card right now. Like, I think I think he's tailor made for AWE. I yeah. think he's the he's a local guy that would cost them less, frankly, but who could have those great matches. I, I mean, you know, could him and Chip have a barn burner of a match? Of course they could. Could him and, you know, anybody else that they bring in, Martin Stone, have a barn burner of a match with Slim? Of course they could. And, you know, the matches with Slim, Jay, and Jimmy Rave, you've been at those. I'm yeah. sure they were fantastic. And so, Another guy yeah. AWE has brought in that I could see him matching up with is Shane Strickland. That'd be a hell of a I mean, guys, think about NXT. It's so exciting. I mean, Richard Swan, or I mean, anybody really, like Nakamura against Slim J. I mean, I'd sign me up. I'm watching, you know. So great, great hey, interview. Let's... And again, a, a guy who's gotten, I think, I just personality-wise, you could just feel it coming off a of Slim. He's just holding nothing back. It's fun to see. So um, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit of. Uh just back to WWE, the business end of WWE. And you were saying that, you know, you could see WWE possibly being for being sold at some point. And I just do not see that happening at all. Or well, of course it's publicly traded, but I don't see somebody taking them out right. as a private thing. But here, here's my take on what's going on with them. I think that all they really care about, all Vince cares about, or what the way he sees it is WWE as a media property. And, that that's how it's that's how it trades on the stock market. That's how Wall Street looks at it, and that TV ratings just really, as long as they have TV, the ratings themselves really don't matter that much as long as they don't lose TV, because they're all about getting more money out of these people that are the diehards that are buying the network and mm-hmm. all that. So. You know, there was an interesting article in the New York Times a couple weeks back about Netflix. Um, And, you know, the problem with Netflix is they they owe $12 billion for content. WWE owns all their content. So what I see with WWE is that, okay – they're they're, they're going to, obviously going to be pumping out more content now. We've got two brands, double the amount of of specials on the network, blah 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 blah, and they own all of it. So, um, you know, like recently, just in terms of their their stock, that they when they announced the China uh, deal, well that that jumped the stock up over eighteen dollars a share. Uh, you know, I think it hit over nineteen. It didn't hold there. It's back below eighteen now, um, but. I mean, those are the kind of things that drive it from a business perspective, not what their TV ratings are. And I think, you know, we're all those of us watching on TV are suffering for it. Uh, you know, I'm interested. Clearly, the move for SmackDown to be on Tuesday night and live—that's clearly a concession to USA. Uh, I think they were like, we're not going to have a B-list show drawing a one-four. Um, and that's the part where I think it's kind of make or break in that their stock was originally bolstered by the deal they signed with Universal U- and USA and all of that. When that contract comes up again, 
I think, you know, I mean, it has to be a concern, right? Like are, you've got your own network thing. It's like, are we a priority? Um, if, if they lose that TV or if it's, you know, that's, I think the, the, the key thing, if they can convince USA that they are still a hot property and they get another deal signed, they're in great shape. If right. it's where they have to take a lesser deal uh, and that stock will go accordingly. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that stock is judged by two things. What is their overall market? But also, do they have, have they taken care of things at home, meaning USA? And uh, I, I mean, on the face of it, it seems insane. They can barely book raw worth of shit. Now they're going to have to book two different. It seems like a disaster. They've done a brand split before that didn't really work. But then again, at the beginning of the Monday night wars, it seemed like suicide, right? It seemed like maybe, maybe, you know, this competition, everyone's like, Oh, WWE needs competition, competition, competition. Clearly there isn't going to be any, but maybe that competition is with themselves of proving that they're not going to go away. And if Raw and SmackDown are truly treated like two different entities and allowed to compete with one another, who knows what could happen? I'm pretty cynical about it, but I will allow that, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, it seems like crazy to have five hours of programming on back-to-back nights, but God, you know, maybe it'll be great and appeal to that base that they're bringing as much money they can out of. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be, to be a casual fan. I mean, you, you know, you five hours of TV and now multiple uh, specials a month. I mean, it's a heck of a lot of time to put in to follow this product. I, you know, I, in, 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 I could hope that they have a two hour raw and two hour SmackDown, but that's probably not going to happen. I think the other thing regarding the network deals is the, that USA is not as in strong of a position ratings wise yeah. for, for all of USA. So that, that gives, of course, WWE more leverage, even, even though their ratings are down and their, their viewership is down. So, well, one other thing, you know, I didn't, really mm-hmm. didn't know how much, what percentage of the stock that Vince owned, and I just did a little looking, and last figure yeah. I could find, and this is from May, well, how, how much, let me just ask you to guess, what do you, what do you think he owns of the stock? Oh, gosh. Wise, just for Vince. Uh, just for Vince? Um, just Vince. Uh, 40%? 48%. Hmm. 40, 48%. I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't over 50, but it was close. So yeah, forty-eight percent, and wow. no one else except for this. Uh, that was it, Basil Devito. I don't know why he gets twelve percent, but it looks like he's got twelve percent. Nobody else is has ten percent. There, everybody else, including Linda, uh, uh, Triple H has less than one percent. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, nope, Triple nope. H and Stephanie have been selling stock. Like, I mean, that's, that's every time I looked, <laughs> there's this one website. I mean, it's like Stephanie sold more stock. I mean, it, it was a tad disconcerting if you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, do they know something? Like, what's going on? But Yeah, well, um, I mean, you know, in, in, insider selling is usually a negative sign. But, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. when they got it, maybe hopefully they sold when it was 18 or 19. So or maybe more. So. 
anyway, hey. Uh, so they can make up for the losses of that that memoir. <laughs> so <laughs> Stephanie McMahon memoir. But coming up, yes. Yes, we. I actually. You you should be proud, Steve. I actually have a show booked two weeks in advance. Can you believe it? Uh, two weeks from tonight. Yes, two weeks from tonight. We have a double header. We have uh, the return for a follow up with. Mr. Hughes, the most downloaded show in the history of Tipping Point. Mr. Hughes will be back on. And we also have Al Getz. Going to be talking a little scenic city with Al Getz. So that's two weeks from Nicely tonight. done. What Al and wants, then, Al Getz. Yes, and he gets to be on the air with us two weeks from tonight. And then next week, uh, of course, Three the Hard Way will be our alternate uh, week programming. will be on next week. Nice. Well, uh, Slim J was a phenomenal guest. Obviously, we have a great show booked in two weeks. Uh, PCW's got a huge weekend Saturday. Uh, is my hair going to remain? Of course it's going to remain. <laughs> it's too gorgeous to die. Have you seen pictures of it? Come on. Um, but we'll see. And then July 4th, uh, Revolutionary War Games. It's Outdoors. a big weekend for Outdoors. PCW. Whew. Whew. And that space next to the uh, main event, that'll be interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, Larry, I'm sorry. I was going to ask, no, what, what are you doing? Ask was, well, I'm maybe, well, I'm going to be at PCW either Saturday or Sun or uh, 4th of July, but I may be in Chattanooga, unfortunately. Well, unfor- not unfortunately, because I love Chattanooga, but my wife and I might head up there, which would mean I would miss that show and miss seeing your head shaved, which I really wanted to see. So I'm not going to get my head shaved. <laughs> if, if I do miss the platinum blonde hair getting shaved, then I'll be there uh, Sunday, I mean Monday on 4th of July for the outdoor show for the War Games. Well, wonderful. Well, come out and check us out. And um, in two weeks, we've got two great guests. Next week, three the hard way. And otherwise, thank you to Slim J. Um, a partial thank you to Mr. Joshua and for Larry Goodman. <laughs> I'm Stephen Platinum. And we'll see you in a couple weeks on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.